0: Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry and I'm a debut author. Today, I want us to talk about writing with cliches. Well, let's start with the working definition of a cliche. if you Google it, your response is uh, gonna be, a phrase or opinion that is overused and betrays a lack of original thought. So immediately, when you see the word cliché, you get a negative connotation. I love the example that they used. Um, they called it an old cliché, and it says, One man's meat is another man's poison. Okay. I've never even heard of that old cliché that Google used as an example. So, for it to be overused in my world, uh, nope. Never heard of it. Have you? So... While I was editing my book, my newest um, chapter, my son uh, was coming down the stairs, so I just threw out the question. Um, I asked him, because he's widely read, I said, What's your take on cliches? And um, I quoted what he said. It can get so annoying when I'm reading a blog or an article and someone is overusing cliches. I want to say to the writer, get your own ideas. Stop copying someone else's work or sayings. I don't find it as much in novels, and that is a good thing." End quote. it then, from my 15-year-old. After reading articles about writing tips and strategies, um, many put cliches as a number one no-no. I've read that this overuse shows like four major things. I mean, the list is so long, but I just picked out like four of them. Um, One, it can show laziness in a writer. Two, the author could lack creativity. That's an ouch, right? (laughs) Three, the description is vague. And four, it causes a distraction for a reader. Now, I must be the black sheep of the writing community because I find that sometimes the use of cliches is necessary for a novel. It can be a comfort to a reader if it's a saying they remember their grandfather or grandmother or mother using, but now is lost in a society of abbreviations. It could also be a delightful experience for a reader, especially if they may have never heard of the phrase before or from. Um, That particular region, that's something that's spoken and if you don't live there, you will never hear it So I'm going to target the south. I'm thinking specifically about the southern way we talk Now I could be a guarantee that when having a conversation from where I'm from There's gonna be a few tried-and-true cliches thrown in there for good measure and I think of the flow of dialogue in my community And in those exchanges in my world, and we do use them, I'm perfectly fine with it. Maybe it's my upbringing. But I find it to be like this natural inclination for me to think and write in cliches. And I will argue that they can be appropriately inserted to add meaning or depth to what we speak. And in all honesty, I love to hear the language of my people back home. They sure do know how to throw them around just at the right moments to make me smile. So as I made in chapter 8, um, going back and forth with the dialogue, some cliches popped up. I could argue their idioms. I mean, I tell my children all the time that, that the world's going to hell in a handbasket. But I can argue that that one was relevant to what we were discussing in the book. We, my characters. Um, others may say that's overused and I need to drop it. So, focus on the word overuse. Doesn't say we can't use them, people. Overuse is implying that so many authors are using these words that it just, every book you read, you're going to see it. That's, what I mean, come on. Or multiple books you read, you're going to find these patterns. I think that as a writer, we can pick and choose and we have that freedom. Just let us not overuse them even in our own work every other line, every other sentence. Now, one goal I have as an author, I want to share it with you. If anyone picks up my novel, and it's from North Carolina, I want them to stay, to stay at the end of the reading. She nailed that voice of those people that I've met from the country before. That's a win for me. I also think it's a win for Southern literature for capturing our voice when we are slowly fading away with the influx of rapid growth and change. I have read the dialogues back, you know, the the dialogue back and forth over and over on one character, and I I was really trying to be that whatever, not lazy and creative and and add depth, be relevant, and I was just like, I can't take this out, I can't. He's in it like Flynn. I, I I just can't take that out. It's a saying. It's a it's a cliche, but I I couldn't, cause we just speak cliches in the South, and if I must say so myself, it adds to the authenticity of the voices of my characters. But I am also a practical person. So when it gets to my agent or publisher and editor they can decide i will concede and until then i've decided i'm going to let those cliches live a while in my pages and give me some comfort there at least let us pray together a verse from second timothy two fifteen. 15. do your best to present yourself to god as one approved a worker who has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you, Lord, that as I write this work and as my author friends write, let them represent your word, their communities, their place in their work. God, we are working to please you, to capture others. There are so many fish, Lord. Let our books be the nets that draw them in. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. So write something inspiring today and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. Have a blessed day.